When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Holly Knight. I am a songwriting Hall of Famer, and you're listening to Tom and Ziz on Shout It Out Loudcast. Oh boy. Here we go. Stop pressing the button. Star? Simmons. Star? Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh, no. Here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay. All right. I'm going to grab me a nice cold mellow Why? Why do that to the fans? Stop it. Why? Because the fuck That's all. Six one seven five two five. You do? Hey, fucko! Do you like kiss? Settle down. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode two thirty nine. D. Snyder. Oh yeah. That's all we're going to say. D. Snyder. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we won't build this up too much because it speaks for itself. Uh, Tom, how you been? Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. I'm living I'm living solo again. My son's back at school. So uh, me and the dog living the dream. Well, Tom, let me tell you something. All right. Let me talk to you. Yeah. My, uh, this, uh, the new wrestling guy there that everybody really loves. Al A Night. Yeah. Anyway. Al Jalika uh, Kick? Al A Night. Not okay. Not Al A Maybe. Al okay. A Night. Gotcha. Okay. Anyways, he's uh, pretty cool. So you mentioned something about school. So my kid has got all these school events. I had to go to the high school because uh, she's going to be a freshman. I had to go to all these fucking like. Uh, auditorium meetings and like uh, parent events and stuff talking to your kids about the high school like we already did it like an introductory thing in the summer like at the actually the spring talking about going to the school what's it like you know how they organize the classes all this shit. i had to go again i had to listen to this person before this interview that we're going to take with d because i had to go to this event to make it sound like it's so important i want to fucking choke punch this fucking lady talking for like 20 minutes uh, like like we're all idiots. Um, one of yeah. the that your kid will be facing is body changes, hormones. The other thing is, you know, new friend groups. The other thing was social media use. Are you fucking kidding me? I have to listen to this right now. The fuck I actually don't to? know why you're. I, I I actually don't know why you're surprised by that. That that's what public I haven't had that. Yeah, I haven't yeah. had that at the that, high school level. Oh, that's where it and is. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, lady? Yep. And I'm just doing the. 
everyone else is being all polite. I'm doing the hands up, like, oh, what the yeah. fuck? Are you fuck yeah. like getting agitated? I'm like offended by the shit that this fucking idiot is saying. Get ready for it. It's not gonna get better. <laughs> fucking fucking yep. bullshit. Oh, yep. oh, 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 be careful, my kid. My might meet up with bad kids and bad seeds. Oh, you should have ra- you should have raised your hand and said, what about the fact that my daughter's father, meaning myself, does a kiss <laughs> podcast and ranks band members, girlfriends and talks about shitting in public places? What about that? Is that a problem? Um, excuse me. We're going to be discussing annoying family members and embarrassing family members in a later part of the program. So could you please wait your turn? Kiss hard. Thank you. Please, please, please hold your comments to later in the school year, please. <laughs> we, we do have an anonymous tip line and somebody put a tip line in that somebody runs a kiss podcast. Look, honey, kiss tards. <laughs> I figured that was you since you're wearing a, Ace Frehley Rules 1978 <laughs> t-shirt. Uh, uh, pardon me, sir. Does that say hashtag Ace Cult? Yeah. Well, can you explain? We don't. We don't really talk about those kinds of things here at school, sir. Yeah, sir. The the the, the cult aspect of uh, the school will will be discussed later on in the program. Yeah. Could right you please now, have a seat? Yeah. Please, please sit down, sir. Sir. Anyway, I just had a vent about it. Fucking losers. Do it. Yeah. Now, last week, we had a nice, fun conversation about all the producers of the Kiss albums. And people, like, there is a niche amongst loudcasters that love just those music discussions that we do. And, uh, you know, it's a different aspect versus the interviews like we're doing later or album reviews, but the Kiss music discussions, they love them. Yep. And we did a poll on the episode. How'd that go, Tom? So the poll, as always, has four options. The producers, we asked you guys to pick what your favorite one or what the best one was for Kiss. Eddie Kramer, Bob Ezrin, Vinnie Poncia, Michael James Jackson. 50% of you geniuses picked Eddie Kramer, thankfully. 31% picked Bob Ezrin. It seemed like a lot of the comments were giving him some negative points for the elder. Uh, Vinny Poncia at 6%. Michael James Jackson, only 13%, but that doesn't surprise me. I knew this was going to come down to Eddie Kramer and Bob Ezrin, of course, the two the two big guys. Dr. Two, I'm surprised Michael James Jackson is not getting more support here. Yeah, okay. Our, our guys from home there, Pantheon Podcast, their official Twitter, no love for the Kenny Kerner, Richie Wise power-producing duo. Yeah, I mean, we both said that we love that debut album, and Harder Than Hell is a little eh. Tom, people really enjoyed the fact that I dropped in when you mentioned Richie. I dropped in. Anybody see Richie? Anybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo? Anybody see Richie? Fuck you. Anybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo? I'm going to keep coming back. Okay, I see uh, a lot of boxing memorabilia here. Who's the boxer? You the, the boxer? Box. Who's the boxer? <laughs> the guy goes, yeah. Are you tough? Tough enough. And he tough fucking, enough. Dude, it is the, somebody, I remember when that review came out I, and I didn't think anything. I was like, this is like the poster child of 
police brutality. Oh, he walks in the bar, <laughs> up slaps people in the fucking head, kicks them down. And he, that movie is just, we should do a breakdown of Out for Justice. That movie deserves when we, it. When, when we introduce MRC movie review crew, we will yeah. do that. Remember when he's at the bars, for some reason, he goes to the bar and grabs a hot dog. And he's like, whose hot dog is this? He's the our, buddy, our, our buddy Steve Wright, Michael James Jackson, all the way. Wow. Interesting. King Kusano. Uh, this was, I don't know if this was before or after the drunk texting, in tw- excuse me, the drunk tweeting. My heart says Vinny Poncia because he produced two albums that are in my top albums of all time. But I agree that Ezrin made the best sounding albums all right i'm not gonna fight you i'm not gonna fight you there on uh, vinnie ponzi i love what he did ken and satan's service bob Ezrin ruined i just wanna with that lame breakdown yes you are right and aside from the intro destroyer didn't need some of the crap he put on that especially that shitty outro ah interesting point there ken i'll give you that what's the shitty outro so if you listen to Destroyer all the way through at the end, it's there is a, oh, there's a that track fucking, of, yeah, it's the, called yeah rock, rock and roll party. I'm it's, thinking he's oh. saying uh, I'm thinking he's thinking the outro for Dest- for uh, Detroit Rock City. I'm like the car crash. Oh no 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 no. Uh, Aggie Dad and Tiger Grad really enjoyed this one. I've always been a geek for producers and love to hear how producers think and what they get from the brands they work with. My favorite has always been Kramer. Rock and roll over. Love Gun gave me that rock kiss sound. And didn't he produce the 73 demos? Yes, he yes, did. Yep. Yes, he did. Uh, and that's what we got from Twitter. On the book of face, Jason Warden. Bob Ezrin and Michael James Jackson are my two. Love Destroyer slash Revenge. Creatures of the Night slash Lick It Up. Always wonder what a Bob Rock or Mutt Lane would have brought to the table. Or Incredible. what they would have brought out of Kiss. Another gem, my friends. Bob Rock, yes. I wouldn't think that Mutt Lang would work with the, with them because, like, Kiss isn't that big on, like, the dual, I don't know, the... Mutt Lang would have worked in the late, in, in the, the Asylum Crazy Nights, perhaps. But I, I, I know because Mutt Lang, especially with the the Def Leppard, the layered vocals the and backing stuff like that. Chorus, the backing choruses yeah. and the yeah. layered vocals. Like Kiss isn't known for that. Although they they were fucking incredible. Just go listen to She and uh, Firehouse. You can hear some great fucking vocals there. Yep. <laughs> Edward Van Burskirk put a photo of Steven Seagal from Out for Justice. <laughs> Anybody seen Richie? Uh, Michael Murphy wants to say, if you guys were real fans of Kiss and knew anything about the band or even lifted a finger to do some <laughs> modicum of research, this could have been a great, a good episode. See, I love when people do callbacks to comments. That's great. Yeah. Ryan, Michael, Scott, Spencer, Cook, fucking Kulik, fucking Dold. <laughs> Simmons, Tweed, fucking Stanley, Ramaswamy, (laughs) Ramaswamy, Chris Cola, fucking Butterfuko. My number one would be Eddie Kramer for producing the number one Kiss album, Love Gun. Excellent episode. Great insight on the album sounds. Laughed out loud with Zeus praising Bob Ezrin is number one. Tom's response, eh, he's all right. You guys rock. Thanks. Nice. Adam Nirenberg put a fucking YouTube clip of Sam's. I want everybody here <laughs> to look at this slovenly, slovenly. boy. <laughs> oh, 
over on our Loudcasters page, Tom. So, Tim Bream. Uh-oh. Think of family here, people, and listen. Great episode. Thanks for the shout-out, too. Eddie Kramer is my favorite KISS producer. He really captured their sound in the studio and not so live, but he sure made you feel like you were in the middle of a KISS concert. Not only that, but he recorded the greatest KISS album of all time, Ace Frehley Solo oh, 78. I'm in need of love. Oh, yeah. yeah. And number two for me would be Michael James Jackson. Number three, Neil Bogart. Uh, mm. Just to Kill sounds phenomenal, and so is yes. underrated when it comes to how it sounds in those deep cuts. Room service. Tommy, I could use a meal. Yes, room service is fantastic, but I know he's not talking about me. Yeah. Ugh. America's second favorite realtor in going downhill. Uh, Joey Romanik. <laughs> He's sliding. Great topic this week. For me, Bob Ezrin has always been my favorite Kiss producer. His three Kiss records not only sound amazing, but he's got great performances out of the band. Also, I've never once ironed a pair of jeans in my life. <laughs> well, no, of course he doesn't iron them. He sends them out to dry clean. He's a fancy boy. Yeah. It's a fancy boy. It's a fancy uh, boy. And then he said, I also did some creeping on Tally Fockler's page. Uh-oh. That oh, family boy. Christmas photo is going to be hard to beat. So poor Tally is vacationing in Tuscany, Tom. What, like Seinfeld? Toscana. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's no rentals there, if by there's the way. Nothing, you're, you're telling me I can't get a little, I can't get anything? Nope. nope. And uh, apparently she didn't get to listen to the episode, and she was quite upset. Because he was saying, I'm in Tuscany with family and three kids. I've never taken this long to listen to an episode since your Dress to Kill review. I'm dying. Well, oh, I told her that, you know, you better get to it because we're recording in a little bit. And we need your feedback before we can get on to it. <laughs> she wrote, but I'm scared to listen next to my kids. My mom already liked my vagina comment and I'm mortified. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It, it went on and I mentioned to her, Tom, that yeah. she and her husband, Tally Whacker, whatever, Tally, Mrs. T Mr. Tally, um, need to get matching Shout It Out Loudcast t-shirts and so they can be in the Shout It Out Loudcast merch wearing part of the competition when they face the Romanics in the first ever Shout it out loud, kiss-tard, handsome couple pageant. I don't know. There's, there's, some, there's some stiff competition out there. Let me tell you right now. Yeah. Tina will give her a run for her money. But I said, Mr. Tally will smoke Joey Romanik and his painted on stubble and his iron on jeans, Bon Jovi <laughs> jeans. And his perfectly shoe shine footwear that he wears. His shoe shine hairdo <laughs> mix that he puts on like Rudy Giuliani. I don't know if you heard. I don't shine shoes no more. I know you've been away for a while. I don't shine shoes anymore. Our mutual friend, Jack Pinocchio. Jack <laughs> Pinocchio. 
lleven de xerum. Sete de llelo beixa i ole, i sua, i selena, i zembolo beixa amb baladena. Zetxim cap a la fantasia de beixa ole, avec llotzania, la, la, de ola, beixa brita amb bacalà, ue, gomba, no calamara, ja, ja, catà. He put a, some photos together, the Shout It Out Loudcast toy line with the Joey Romanek. It's like the, the Woody, Woody doll. doll. Yeah. Yeah. It says, are you in the market to buy a house? And the kid's like, what? It comes with four bedrooms and three bathrooms. Joey's busy right now. He's safe. Thankfully, he, we're recording right now in the middle of the hurricane in Florida, but Joey's safe, and uh, he's currently uh, trying to sell flood insurance to all the people that are down there right now. So, As long as he saves his hairdo and his hiking gear and his Shout Out Loudcast matching t-shirts, he'll be okay. I just snorted like a fucking... <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, Our buddy God. Josh Brown. Good Lord, guys. Just finished the episode, Joey. I assume Joey Romanik. Buddy, I'm sorry. I laughed so hard at your expense. LOL. The whole beginning 20 minutes of the show is just comedy gold. I love Bob Ezrin outside of Kiss, but I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm not a fan of Destroyer. It's much better live than the studio. Just too much going on. I love The Elder, but it's even it's crazy for a Kiss record. Revenge is the best outing with Ezrin's hands down, even with all the Ezrin bridges. I love I Just Want Us Breakdown. Okay. For me, it's Eddie. He had a plug and play and recording style that Kiss needed. Love Gun, Rock and Roll Over, just had a raw, kick-you-in-the-teeth production they needed after a live. Did Destroy take him to better heights? Yes. But I also feel it was just like the first three records, not indicative of Kiss's actual sound. That's nice. why I always say Eddie was their best producer. And- love it. Love it. Love it. Incorrect. Over on Instagram, Junior Vintage. Great episode. I will give the following producers a gift certificate from Chris and Cusano Landscaping for their tremendous work with Kiss over the years. Ezrin, Jackson, Ponce, and Kramer. Over on YouTube, Tom. Fellow Shout Out Loudcast female Hall of Famer, Glam Rock Bandit. Nice. This episode by title alone had me immediately interested. As someone who is a sucker for this sort of analysis on the behind the scenes working of my favorite musicians. And just as expected, this had me totally entranced, listening eagerly for you guys, reasoning for your rankings and excitedly hearing you guys analyze each producer's work with Kiss, not just in terms of the sound, but also in context to the era that they happened in the events in history. You nice. guys also helped me put a finger on why Sonic Boom. And Monster never stood out to me. I could never describe in words what I thought about it, but you guys summed it up perfectly. I like those albums, but I don't revisit them often. Well, aside from Say Yeah, which is mostly because they played that live when I saw them for the first time, sort of a sentimental thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, holy shit, I never thought about how Vinnie Pontia produces Peter's solo album in Dynasty were back to back. Zeus is coming with, yeah, I just produced your album, Peter, but you're not playing on Dynasty. Absolutely killed me. Seriously, what an episode. And a killer episode to be uploaded a day after my birthday as well. Yes, I share a birthday with Gene. Hilarious testing my lifelong attachment to this band. Thanks for the belated birthday presents, Tom and Zeus. 
Happy birthday, Glam Rock Bandit. You well deserve it. Hope it's a great one. And thank you for being so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Great, great comment. Uh, Eric Krakakow, whatever the fuck that last part is. Sorry, buddy. Krakatow uh, from Mingve Malmsteen? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Eric Krakow? I don't know. Kiss Alive saved Kiss in Casablanca. Kramer also produced their demo, which helped them get signed. He's my numero uno. Okay. Marty White, listen up, people. Cycle Circus is so good because I would sneak in after that producer left for the night and <laughs> remix and re-record everything. This is pretty much what Paul said in his first Kiss book. I yep. believe the title was uh, was Kissing Under the Bus, the story of all Kiss saboteurs. Uh, Patrick says this episode was horrendous. I mean, shit, Zoots told us it was horrendous about 50 fucking times. Do you even like Kiss? Great show, great topic. Thanks for the honest content. Wow. Okay. Tom, over to you, buddy. All right, let's bang through a couple emails here. Okay, this one comes from Gary Layton uh, via our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. You can send us messages directly from there, and they come to us in the form of an email. This is regarding Ace. Hey, guys, love the show. I wanted to share this clip with you guys, but didn't want to post it, but it pretty much sums up the night. I knew what I was getting into when my friends convinced me to go to the show in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, because it was only 10 minutes away, but holy shit. I love Ace from 7478. I know you guys probably won't agree, but I think he's better than Jimmy Page. That's fun. We'll save that for another time. His solos on the first few albums are melodic, tasteful, and just sick, nasty, but that was another time. I'm glad I went because his band was great. I like the way they could do little interludes so Ace could go take a piss. And when he fucked up, they knew how to follow him and basically fix his mistakes. I'm also glad I went because judging by the way he looks, he's not going to be around much longer. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. So piggybacking on that, we got some DMs from a couple of listeners. I won't give their names in case they don't want uh, the ace cult coming after them. Uh, but we had some people sending us uh, multiple video clips and audio clips and like kind of like on the spot reporting about just how horrendous <laughs> Ace's shows in the New Hampshire area were, which Zeus and I did not go to, um, just how he was just really sloppy and all over the place. The band had to pick him up and he kind of drag him through the show. And it was just kind of really, really sad. It, a lot of the comments weren't even like, like funny. They were more just like, this is pathetic. But anyways, uh, we got an email here from our buddy backpack, Brad, Brad Rustover from the slam fest podcast. Fun episode, guys. Great overview of the production throughout Kiss's catalog. Here is my best and worst producer. He has Kenny Kerner and Richie Wise last uh, because of what they did pretty much on Harder Than Hell. Uh, I'm pretty much saying it's lackluster production skills. Number one, he's got Bob Ezrin. When I started listening to podcasts, I was shocked to hear that so many diehard fans disliked his production on Destroyer. I never got that. Nothing compliments Kiss's over-the-top image, persona, and stage like Bob Ezrin's over-the-top production. It's a perfect match. While music from the album was a miss, the production of the album was well done. And what better way to respond to the glossy 80s production of Crazy Nights and lack of production on Hot in the Shade than with a well-arranged punch-in-the-face production of Revenge by far their best-sounding non-makeup album. I won't disagree with you on that. I talked about that in Revenge. Um, but great, uh, great thoughtful email, as always, from our buddy Brad. And we'll wrap up feedback with this one from our longtime friend and big-time fan in Finland, Yanni Aslak-Rossinen. Apologies for the uh, pronunciation there, my friend. 
Being a Destroyer guy, I have always agreed with Kiss on the topic of best Kiss producer. It's Ezrin for sure. If we step out of the world of Kiss Tards, one which we, all the listeners and you journalists, live in, Destroyer is the closest to a universally classic album. This is simply because it possesses the element that was, and to an extent still is, missing from Kiss. Finesse in songwriting and musicality. Ezrin brought that in, or at least he tried to. Now, we all love Kiss like we love wrestlers or hockey players. But what separates acts like Eagles, Bowie, or Zeppelin from the Kisses and Slades of the world is the artiness and ability to include layers in songwriting and lyrics. I think Ezrin tried to do the same to Kiss that he successfully did to Alice Cooper, raised the level of musicality and laid some layers to previously pretty one-dimensional output and cleared out some of the messiness in Sonics. My guess is that Kiss could have elevated to the next and uppermost A-level if they had done a success to destroy it with Ezrin. But as we all know, the band freaked out and went running back to the garage to sing about their dicks to make sure they will always stay at B-level in the eyes and ears of rock and roll historians. I love the New York Dolls, Bowie, Aerosmith, Zeppelin, and of course Kiss, but at the never-ending Universal Rock and Roll Party, there will always be a certain velvet rope that will separate Kiss from those other acts mentioned. Instead of hanging out with, let's say, The Doors or Hendrick, they'll hang out with White Snake. Great discussion and episode. P.S. Love the hockey talk with Brent Fitz. Fantastic analysis, Yanni, even if I don't agree 100% with what you said, but I love, love the analysis. Very, very great points there. Again, even if I don't agree with them. But Yanni Aslak Rasinen from Finland, my friend, you are the comment of the week. Yeah, him and our good friends, Irho Vikanian, Rejo Rutsalanian. Yeah, and, Tamu uh, Salani. Yes, Yari Curry. Uh, you, we can go on and on. Sebastian Aho. Oh, so many great Finnish hockey players. Plus, you have the hottest politician in the whole fucking world, oh, Santa yeah. Marin. And if you get her to come on our show, you'll be uh, my favorite kiss tart of all time. That analysis is so, to me, spot on, fucking brilliant. It is brilliant. Because of the sophomoric type of music and lyrics, Kiss will always be put in the lower kind of, he's right, like the White Snakes won't be thrown into Zeppelin and other higher critical bands because of the lyrics and stuff. Yeah. Although the music is just as good and just as fun. Same thing with Kiss. So they ran running back to do the simple, like, Let's fuck everything and stupid sex shit and easy, simple chords and all that other stuff. And then they run back and then they try something way above their pay grade, which is a concept album, which they failed because they went too far. And then they come back and do a kick ass. One of the best metal, like hard rock metal albums of what? Early nineties, late eighties and revenge. And that's all because of Ezrin. What I think Eddie Kramer does is he gets the best out of what Kiss is. But Ezrin brings him up to a higher level. In my that's, opinion, the reason why, why the reason why the, the reason why I'm not saying Ezrin is not a good producer. The reason I don't like him with Kiss is because he turns Kiss into a band that they're not. They're not the band that's on. But Destroyer. they could be that because they could be better but, than what they what that simple shit that they I don't want do. I don't want that I, I like Why? I want I, fucking revenge I want destroyer I want I like the elder I want that shit I don't have a problem with it but you have it we all we have it all yeah I'd like to have had more of it no no I'm yes 
I'm good. Yes. I'm good. Yes, Destroyers. Yes. Does- That's it. We're fighting. I can't wait until we review Destroyer. Oh, God. I cannot fucking wait. Cannot oh. wait. All right, Tom. So what we do next is we give a shout out to our Patreon listeners. Patreon is a family that help and contribute to the show. So our podcast, uh, in order to grow, we need some help out there. And then Patreon comes along and the Patreon members support the show. There are four different tiers people can choose from and they can choose which number and tier they want. Check them out. They all have different things that we offer. So you support us with your financial contribution and one of the four tiers. And then we support you guys back with either merch uh, input or uh, videos or data or message boards, all sorts of stuff. The Patreon family has been vital since day one. So if you like our show and you're, and you want to contribute, you want to help us out, please go to patreon.com, go to Patreon, the app, look for creators and type in shout out loudcast. Or go to our website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. Right on the website, you'll see the Patreon button. Click that. You'll go right to Patreon. Take a look. Come support your friends over at Shout Out Loudcast and be part of the family. We love our Patreon family, and we thank you for all your support. Yep. As always, guys, thank you so much. The Patreon family continues to grow. And we're so grateful for all the support that you guys continue to give us. So please check us out. Go to our website, click on the Patreon link, or go to patreon.com, download the app, look us up, and uh, please join the family. Yeah, Tom, what we do next is we go over to Kiss World and try to find out what's going on there. Anything? All right. Well, Paul Stanley confirmed uh, what some of the rumors were, what the end of the road opening band will be. And it is a band called Amber Wild, fronted by his son. Evan Stanley. Yeah, we talked about this a while back when some of our listeners gave us the hint, wink, wink. We mentioned Evan Stanley in a tweet and it got a whole lot of fucking kickback. Well, it's true. I don't have a problem with it. I don't because I look at the alternative, the fucking painter or nothing. Well, that's the problem right there is that that shouldn't be the alternative, especially when you start getting into what we talk about with D coming up and what Gina said about Rock is Dead. Rock is Dead because you're not putting a fucking opening band on your tour. Yeah, but like even so, like honestly, do I really care about him, about the new act? So let's say they do care about Paul Stanley's son. I don't. He might be good. I don't know. Dude, I love Paul Stanley and his music. So So do I. So maybe his son is a, a, a pretty decent version. I don't know. I, I mean, I'll give him a chance. I'll listen to him. At least yeah. I'll be interested in hear what he sounds like. But no, all I'm saying I, is like, let's I say agree. I'll, I'll a, be interested. A, a band like, uh, I don't know who they, who did they have open up for them in uh, Europe for a little bit? Skid Row. Like if it was Skid Row, yeah, I'd be interested. But I mean, is there really anybody's like, ah, I want to see Kiss. Oh, Skid Row's opening up. I'm now I'm going. Nobody, nobody fucking gives a fuck. Let's be honest. Well, the only thing a, an opening band can do is fucking hurt you when you put up a fucking. No, I agree. Um, if you put up the wrong band, like a fucking painter, right? Um, but some can help you if you're not that big of an opening act, dude. It's Kiss on their final leg. People are going to see Kiss. They're not going for the opening band. No, it's I get not it. Like I just think in 2012. No, I know it doesn't necessarily bother me. I just think it's incredibly 
tacky at the same time. It's just, it's such a Paul Stanley move. It's just such a Paul Stanley move. Yeah. In, in this sense, if, uh, you know, Gene says, Hey, I want to have Nick open out. Yeah, exactly. Would he right. be so cool about it? No, but you know how it is in order for the music to continue. I know Paul you have to appease Paul. And yeah, you I think, know. G- you know, Gene's probably, Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. He's probably biting his tongue saying, you yep. know what? I'm not going to fucking push on this shit. Let, well, he's biting happen. his tongue because he's counting down the last four months and then he can fucking move on with the rest of his life. I can't wait to hear them. the Gene Simmons band. I'd love to see them. Oh, fuck yeah. Me too. Uh, some other some other really, really awesome stuff. And you've seen it all over our social media and all over other people's social media. Peter Chris played at a beauty ball presented by a foundation for cancer care. Uh, back in a couple days ago in New Jersey, obviously people know that Peter Chris uh, suffered a bout of breast cancer, uh, which is incredibly rare for men. Um, he was there performing in, you know, suit and tie, looking like a classic jazz drummer. Really, really, really warmed my heart to see this. I love Peter. And I know that those are his roots playing with that jazzy stuff. He looked fantastic. He, you know, he's, he, he's old, obviously, uh, but he looked great, sounded great. Um, they gave out an award. Uh, they actually have a Peter Chris man of courage award, which is actually really cool. Uh, so just some, some really nice positive stuff, uh, with Peter in the news and, and just seeing him playing those drums and doing what he loves to do with that, that classic jazz stuff was really neat. Yeah. Tom, I, I will tell you, I'm, I love hearing how much you loved it. Cause you're not even the Peter guy, right? But if right, it right. touches you and you love the band and Peter's yeah. not even your favorite guy, but right. it moves you to yeah. see it. I feel like he's handling all this kiss drama in the last few years like a fucking saint. Yep. Keeps his mouth shut, shows yep. up, appreciates the fan, and you see a genuine happiness yep. when you see him out there at these events. A yep. happiness that you just really don't see much except on Gene on occasion. That's right. Right? I mean, yep. does Ace seem happy to you to be Ace doesn't seem alive. I don't even know if he's capable of emotion right now. So forget about being happy. <laughs> picture up of him on the Scott couch. Brown. Ambassador Scott Ambassador Brown. Ambassador Scott Brown, former Scott guest. Broadcaster. Yeah. Yep, former guest. He saw him because he performs all the time. He's got a band. I think it's Scott Brown, the diplomats they call. They yep. always play in Hampton, in New, yep. in New Hampshire. Yep. And uh, he's always like, come up and see me when I play. Come up and see me. We're like, yeah, we'll see you when we get a chance, Ambassador. But he put a photo of him and Ace. Ace is on the couch with him. Tom. It's week. It, it's weekend at Bernie's. There's no way Ace Freely is conscious <laughs> in those photos. There's no way. Go on Scott Brown's social media because I think this was after the Portsmouth, New Hampshire show. Ace <laughs> Freely looks like a corpse. Yeah, we put it on our loudcast. Yeah, yeah. I shared it to our loudcast. <laughs> Oh, ambassador, wake me up when the show is over. Holy shit. I went too many cashews. I, I, I got to take a like nap. Wa- looks like he washed up on the shore of the beaches in Portsmouth. I mean, it's brutal. <laughs> See, you know what I love about this? I love how we can't even talk about a positive Peter <laughs> Chris story without veering off into Ace World. Well, it's just that <laughs> all I was saying is like when Peter makes his careful appearances very careful and, yes and and yes. the thing i want to add is his wife gets shit 
but his wife fucking loves and respects Peter and wants to put him in the best light possible. And she's done an excellent job at it. So, you know, I'll give a hand clap to Gigi because she loves Peter and wants to make sure he's at his best when he makes appearances for his fans. On the other hand, you got fucking Ace schlepping on a couch, looking half dead, playing like shit live. And they're putting all these videos up on him. Like, come on, guys, help the guy out. Make I agree. Look better. He shouldn't look this bad to all of us. And you know what's funny talking about this is that we get into this with with D about guys going out. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get into that. But it, it's an interesting bit of news to talk about based on what we talk about with D later. We talked about this in this sense too, Tom. When I was mentioning to the like the Elvis movie and. Elvis and my hatred towards Colonel Parker, just fucking throw him up there. That man is going to get on that stage tonight. I don't give a fuck what condition he is. That's what I feel like sometimes, unfortunately, Ace is going through. They're just throwing him up there, not caring about his legacy that he's not at his best. Well, not caring about him. Forget about, like, not caring about him. Yeah, and it's not, it doesn't look really healthy. He just doesn't look like, no. You know, they, they got to change what he does or the schedule. He comes yep. out and smiles, throw a couple picks, play a couple solos and move on. It shouldn't yep. be what he's doing now. He, it, it's too tough on the poor guy. And we want to yep. see him succeed. We don't want to see him fail. So, yeah. Anyway, Tom, let's take a little break. Okay. Um, let's, uh, uh I'm going to go in your backyard and wake it. Ace up because he passed out in the tool shed over the weekend. Oh shit! Do I have to leave New Hampshire today? Oh Christ! I miss my I miss my bus. Oh fuck! Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. 
we're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right, so we're back. And we are going to have a little problem here because I haven't told you this yet, but I am getting a new shed built in my backyard, a big, a bigger shed with more space that I've been waiting to do for quite some time. The problem is Ace is asking the contractors if he can put some kind of bunk bed in there because he's thinking this is now this is a spare room for him. Hey, so when I'm in the New England area, Tom, I'm going to use your place. Yeah. I'll sublet it out to, to a couple friends like Pepe Castro when he comes through the New England area. I talked to your construction guys. I have to, to ask if they can maybe throw one of those Murphy beds, you know, just flip it down, move the fertilizer over to the side, pull the bed down. Ace will be fine. You know, roll over uh, the snowblower, take out uh, some of the pesticides and fertilize. You'll be good to go. I'm going to bring my record player over. I'm going to play some, some albums from Cream, the Led Zeppelin, the Led Zeppelin. But- Look over, I see Ace. He thinks he's grabbing a handful of cashews. Ace, that's Scott's weed and feed. You can't be eating that. It's not good for you. It's a little salty. I thought that was a problem. I asked for unsalted cashews. These ones are a little too sweet and tasty. Oh, jeez. Anyway. Oh, God. Yeah, people people are like, what the fuck is going on right now? Dude, we can entertain Boy. ourselves with these ace skits all day sometimes, long sometimes so fucking that, stupid sometimes we forget there's a show <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid <laughs> I, we know it's stupid Uncle anyway Uncle yeah anyway guys we were fortunate enough to get d to come on our show uh it's an honor and a pleasure to have him on he's got a ton of opinions on everything we wanted to hear it. We wanted him on. And listen, we're not lying. We're not over-exaggerating. He shares his opinion about a lot of stuff. We don't want to hype this up too much, but you're going to really like this. Absolutely. Get ready for this one, D. Snyder. All right, big guest this week on Shout It Out Loudcast. When there's strong opinions that you want to hear, you usually hear them from me and Zeus. But we need somebody <laughs> with a stronger opinion. And it's the great man. You know him. You love him. Twisted Sisters frontman is here, if you can believe it. D. Snyder. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast, brother. You know, I really wonder why I do these things, <laughs> I, honestly, because every time I do an interview, particularly when I do one with a kiss, uh, the next day, it's like my Google blow <laughs> up, and I'm being quoted, misquoted. I've set fire to the universe once again. Dee Snyder said, like, does it really matter what I say? Who cares? But clearly people do. So here I am ready to stick my foot in my mouth again. Let's do it. Yes. That's why, that's why you're here, brother. We People want to hear what D. Snyder thinks about everything, especially Kiss. So let's, let's fire away here. Zeus. Yeah. So well, a couple, well, well, just, I want to qualify. I want to yes. qualify. I do Please this do. every time. I own the first seven kiss albums perfect i was waiting 
for the first Kiss record to come out. Um, I'm from Long Island. So in Roxy oh, yeah. Magazine, I was hearing about this band in Queens. I'm in Nassau County. We border each other. This band called Kiss. And I remember seeing the first showcase, a picture in the magazine. They did uh, where they had a rising drum platform and the yeah. makeup. And Alice Cooper was there. And uh, he said they really need a gimmick was that was his uh, quote, <laughs> but it was it was their showcase. Yeah. So I've been following them from day one. I was one of the first to buy the first Kiss record. I have the first seven albums. So I like Kiss. I love Kiss. So when I say something that go- is anti Kiss, it does not come from a place that's someone who hate is a Kiss hater. No, yeah. it comes from a Kiss fan. I just want to say that. Absolutely. Everybody, will, everybody will completely forget that. Not you guys, but the listeners, they'll dismiss that. But I'm just saying, first seven records, day one Kiss fan, seeing them in concert. I remember actually going to see them. I was like third, fourth row, and I'm watching them. And Twisted Sisters, you know, we're coming up, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you know what? These guys give me a run for my money. These guys are good. <laughs> These guys are good. They give me a run for my money. So, I mean, they're we're amazing live, amazing records. Let's go. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Now, it's funny because our mutual friend, Eddie Trunk, always has the same. He's been on here a bunch of times with us. Same thing that he says. Every time I say something, I'm a fucking Kiss fan. And right. exactly. everything gets about taken. This. Yeah. 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 And he says and, the same and the thing. Band- and the, and and the and Peter and uh, not Peter Paul and and Gene they get indignant. Oh yeah, somebody says speaks against the law. He calls they think it's against them. It just contradicts something they say or disagrees with their opinion. It's like. You know, you've committed a cardinal sin. It's crazy. <laughs> well, that's that. That's what happens with us. We're one of the few Kiss podcasts out there that we always like to say we don't give them foot rubs. We have no problem picking apart what Paul and Gene do and say and everything. And that's why we're just thrilled to have you on because you'll make us you'll make us look like super fans <laughs> potentially. <laughs> but that's all right. That's all right. Now I'm curious though. Do you have like a when you saw them and you got their first seven albums, did you have a favorite member that like you like, that's my favorite guy. That's my guy. Oh, I definitely think Gene, you know, yeah. um, I mean, I mean, while my makeup was very Tim Curry inspired. Um, <laughs> yes. But, yeah. but, but, you know, I saw, you know, Gene's eyes going up and, uh, and making yeah. the faces and stuff. So credit where credit is due, but full credit where credit is due. And this is something Gene does not like to talk about too much. Uh oh. When I was reading those first rock scene magazines, those first cream magazines, mm-hmm. one of the first things he said was, I'm a big fan of Marvel comics. Yeah. And I get my moves from the comics. So he likes to claim inventing the horns. He ain't throwing the horns. He's thro- shooting webs, baby. He is shooting Spider-Man, spider webs. That's what he does. <laughs> Look at his pictures. Yes. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. So there's no thumb. He's, he had to use a thumb to press to shoot the webs. Okay. So anyway, and I'm a huge comic fan. So I was like reading this, you know, like when you're, when you're looking up to other bands, you're looking for some commonality you have. Yeah. Oh, sure. So when I would, when I would, uh, as an Alice Cooper fan, just like Gene's uh, kisses and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Alice liked Broadway shows. I like Broadway shows. Like, like to me, that was like a small connection. And when Gene said he got his moves out of, out of Marvel comics, I was like, I like Marvel comics. That's where I got my, you know, yep. Sal, uh, Basima, all those faces <laughs> I make Marvel <laughs> comics, man. That was the super, that was the heroes. Yeah. That was anyway. Awesome. That's yeah. great. Now we know you, you were on that kiss tribute. 
album. Pure Fire. Did, yeah. You did uh, Detroit Rock City. Is that your favorite Kiss song? Just curious. Um, I, you know, I was asked by by the late Bob Kulik, yeah, Bob, uh, yes. who put that record together. Yeah, uh, great. He did so many great uh, tribute records. You know, yes, I he got did. a chance to sing with people I never would have worked with. It's just amazing some of the people I got to play with, and the, and the tribute records I got to do. But he asked me if I would do Detroit Rock City, and it is one of my favorites. Yeah. But I'm um, going back to record one. You don't think it, you I mean, come on. There you go. I mean, that chills. I'm getting chills. I, yep. First, I put that record on. I heard that. I was like, whoa, yep. whoa, this is cool. This rocks. That statement in and of itself is just so powerful. Yeah. Get up and get your grandma out of here. You know, I mean, it's, it's for True. us. You know, True. amazing. So that's really, I, I got to go back to the first album for some of my real faves. Yeah, and it reminds me of the old Chuck Berry, you know, when he's talking about roll over Beethoven and get Tchaikovsky. Like, that's the kind of statement. Okay, get your grandma out of here. So my, you daughter, fucking- my daughter just, my daughter's a super hardcore metal fan, hardcore, but yeah. she's starting to go back and look at stuff. I yeah. mean, really go back. I mean, she's so black metal, death metal, yeah. but she's been listening to Beatles and she goes, mm-hmm. I, they have a song called Roll Over Beethoven. <laughs> and, they- <laughs> and she goes, are they talking about I said that's Chuck Berry's song. She said, "Oh, yes. I thought it sounded a lot, a lot like Run Run Rudolph." <laughs> I said, "All of his songs sound like Run yeah. Run Rudolph." Yeah. Um, He's so a little like ACDC Chuck. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, "He said, said, is he talking about Beethoven rolling over in his grave?" I said, "Yep, that's <laughs> yeah, what he's talking yeah. about." And that's badass. exactly that statement, man. Yep. That's bad. yeah. badass yeah. shit. Did you have a favorite of the albums? Would you say because I think you just mentioned the first album, you really gravitate. Would you say that's your favorite album? You know, uh, no, uh, you know, um, and I don't think some people say live records shouldn't yeah. be allowed, but okay. a live one was like an awakening. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, that, that packaging, opening up that cover and looking at those pictures, seeing more than just one shot, but sort of getting more of a feel for what this band was doing live with the fire and everything like that yes. and mm-hmm. hearing those songs. And we all know that wasn't live, but, but oh yeah, but oh yeah, of it course. was it was live enough. The vibe was live, the energy was live. They did a great job, and that record just sort of dialed it all in for me. Yeah, Tom. So we talk about. So it's funny when we started this podcast a couple of years back, and it came perfect timing with the start of the end of the road tour, which was probably supposed to end, but thanks to COVID, it's now <laughs> been pushed on into infinity. I call it end of eternity, but go ahead. So, so, so I'm going to call the t- fart in a paper bag tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so tell, so D, recently you commented on how you do a lot of interviews and your quotes end up on blabbermouth and Loudwire, <laughs> but you did have a quote that made Zeus and I chuckle, and you said. Quote, I see people singing crazy nights and they're not so crazy anymore. Well, okay. Yes, I said that with my exact words. And you know exactly who I was talking about. Uh, exactly. And, uh, and um and I was I was talking about why the start of this QA was why are you retiring? Yeah. And you know, and 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 I said, I want to walk away, leaving people with a positive memory of the shows they've seen me do. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be a shadow of my former self, to which I did say <laughs> I saw on YouTube a band singing crazy nights <laughs> and they weren't so crazy anymore. Uh, but it was true. I was kind of stunned. Yeah. I was kind of stunned because 
damn, you know, I said right in the beginning, I remember seeing those guys going, these guys give me a run for my money. What an egomaniac I was in my 20s. But at the same time, but they were aggressive and they were all over the place. And mm -hmm. you didn't know who, it was a four ring circus. You didn't know who to look at first. You remember those, those sure. shows. And it's such a far cry from that today. Yeah. And, and not just, look, not just them. So many bands that have yeah. overstayed their welcome. So many, many, many bands have overstayed their welcome. And you compare them at back in the day, you compare them now in their sixties. No, you can't compete with yourself. That crazy energy you had right. in your twenties. So, but at the same time, why not leave people with a great memory? Why not leave people wanting more? Do you why? think? Why take it? To I'll, all I'll way tell to the him. Do, do you think? Hold, hold on once. Do you think that if they if they're gonna if they're gonna continue to tour like they have, and and they're selling tickets and people go, do you think the fans hold some responsibility for keeping these bands going? That they that the, they they keep buying the tickets, they keep going. And like Zeus and I say, how can we miss you if you will never go away? They're never going away because they're still selling tickets, right? Well, you know. And, and now I, I'm, I'm eminently a fair person. And so when someone makes sense to me, I'm always willing to say, wow, I didn't think of that. Yeah. And fair enough. And I acknowledge that. So someone said to me, cause I, I really like to rant about Tommy and Eric, you know, where we, yeah, well, we're going to get to that. Oh, we're going to, oh, we're going to get into that. <laughs> but somebody said, but they're my kiss. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, oh, I'm younger. I didn't have Ace and Peter. This mm -hmm. is the kiss that I've, the first kiss I saw, this is my kiss. Mm -hmm. And I had to not recognize I, I got that. I got mm -hmm. that when someone said that. Okay, fair enough. I get it. I still disagree with the idea. You know, I loved Eric Carr having his own makeup yeah. thing going and, you know, putting, coming up with an original makeup look for new guys. I thought that was the way to go. Uh, copy, wearing Aces and Peter's makeup is just sinful, in my opinion. And I don't think Eric really likes doing it, quite honestly. I think he hates putting it on every day. I think he hates being a brunette. He's a natural <laughs> blonde and he has to be a brunette. All of the brunettes want to be blondes. Uh, yeah. you know, so, so yeah. So, uh, you know, I think well, that's the one thing I said. And you said, to your point, there are many people who never got to see Kiss. Right. So they can't A, B the show I saw in 1977 at the Nassau Coliseum with the show I'm seeing today. Their only reference point is 2023. That's yeah. their Kiss show. It, it, and, and they thought it was amazing. Yeah. And it was, it was a, it was a memory. It was amazing. So, you know, who am I to really, who am I to judge? You know? Yeah. It's but, become more of an entertainment factor. Rather than you go for the concert and the music. Now it's a show, just like you would go to a Vegas act. You yeah. go for the show. You're not going to sit there and nitpick. Well, is he singing live? Is it people have gotten past that nowadays and they're there for the bombs, the, you know, someone shooting something with the guitar. And it's just to distract from the fact that they can't do the shit they were doing in 77. But then again, you know, again, in the fairness category, I went yep. to see, I went to see Frankie Valley in the four seasons. All right. And I'm a huge Four Seasons fan. I'm an old guy and I grew up in, you know, fifties and sixties. And, you know, so I, some, I, some of my cut, I mean, I had to choose between joining Twisted Sister or a doo-wop band. They both <laughs> offered me a gig at the same time. And I was like, Hmm, I do like doo-wop. I do like doo-wop, but I don't want to have a DA. So I'm, I'm like in third row center. Frankie Valley's out there a hundred years old yeah. and I am leaning in, man. I'm leaning in going. <laughs> I don't think that's his voice. 
And, <laughs> and I really like, like 15 minutes in, I go, what a dick. Like, what a dick. Right. The guy's up there. This is one of my heroes. You don't really pick him apart if he's not singing exactly every word and every note's not perfect. What a dick I am for acting like that. So, you know, again, back to this is for some audiences, this is their kiss. And this is the, if this is the only way they can get it with tapes running and all that stuff, they seem to be fine with it. We're yeah. not because we didn't grow up on that. We, no. we grew up on the real deal, man. And it was something. Yeah, that that is that is such an incredibly, uh, with all due respect to the people out there that wave the flag for it, it has become an exhausting topic on social media. So and so from this band disagrees with tracks, and like, who's asking this guy? And why do we care? What in a perfect world, nobody's doing tracks in a perfect world. But here's where our point is. And so we talked about this on an episode we've done recently. We had a conversation about farewell concert, and I was kind of the point that I was trying to make is. There are no big rock bands filling out stadiums other than really Metallica and maybe Foo Fighters that have taken over the spots that were held by other bands. So when the Beatles and the Kinks and all those 60s bands left, all of a sudden you huge headline bands came out. U2, Kiss, Twisted Sister, you name it, whatever came out and took their spots. Then grunge came and then they died. But who has come up to take their spot? There aren't no anybody. So what is the big ticket masters and live nation going to do? They're going to give money and, and say, Hey, Eagles, I know you guys are fucking half dead, <laughs> but we will pay you a hundred million dollars. Here's this money. Don't worry about the seats. We know we got that covered. Yep. Here's your money. Come back and do another round of tours, even though you've done three since you said you retired and since Glenn Fry died. And it's a travesty. You're still doing Eagles music without him. But what are they going to say? No. If there were other rock bands that came up, they'd be like, I'm not bothering with the Eagles. I can pay this band and get them out. But nobody is taking over because rock is dead because everybody killed it with pop and uh, hip hop and all that shit. Nobody gives the rock, uh, the genre, the love that it used to get in well, dominant. Okay, that's uh, you're glad you clarified that because you know the rock is dead thing could be very upset, especially when Gene said it. Uh, yeah. You know, well, I'm saying in context magazine. of sales, not because there isn't people playing it, right? And, and popularity. That's the, it's a frustration. It doesn't get the attention. No, it yep. doesn't get the love. But you, if you go to the smaller venues, if you go to the yes. right festivals. You will see passionate bands on that stage playing their hearts out for thousands of people in at these festivals, hundreds in these smaller venues, singing every freaking word. The passion and the love is there. It's just the exposure is not. Everything's so target marketed now. You don't know about new bands because you only hear about it if you show any kind of interest in that type of music. So you'll get notified and you'll get contacted. You don't have that crossover exposure that creates rock stars. I remember going back and I don't know how old you guys are. I'm not looking at 50. I'm I'm okay. Before your time, there was Grand Funk Railroad. They're not before your time, but Grand Funk Railroad had a new album came out. They had a massive billboard in Times Square. While it was up there, the billboard union had a strike. Mm -hmm. That billboard was up for like a year. Wow. And everyone in New York City knew who Mark 
Don and Melwar, Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> they didn't know what they what they did. They knew what they looked like. We all knew their names. And because that was how you communicated, not you had to sort of just sort of splash market and try to hit the rock fans, but you, you got it to people who weren't rock fans as well. So they were exposed to what was going on. Now, target marketing, it's just there are big bands out there, very popular bands in the there rock are. world. But you know, like falling in, uh, falling in reverse. Yep. Okay. If you know that they're, my daughter says they're massive. They're met. They'll play download. They'll headline a day at download. Nobody knows them. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows. Ronnie I mean, uh, I mean, D I just la- last month, I just went to see Avenged sevenfold with, with one of my friends. They played it like an outdoor shed, you know, 18, 20,000 people. I told my friends from work where I was going. They all looked at me like, they're like, well, who's that? Right. Like I've never, I'm and, like, they've and, been around for 20 years. And they're really, they're, they're, they got the tail end of that still getting that exposure because yeah. 20 years ago, there was still that going on. So right. they benefited from that. Um, these later bands, Black Veil Brides. Yep. I was on a, on a, on a show with, and, and Andy was, was, uh, uh Balsack uh, from, uh, yep. from not Balsack, Beersick, well, from, uh, Black Veil Brides. Black was Veil with Brides. Us. And I said, this guy, and I was sitting with, you know, a few other notables. I said, this guy has, a billion followers. This guy's better known than any of us up here, but not like to the general world. Yeah. He's very, he's got a gazillion followers in his world, but crossing over, he could go anywhere and nobody knows who the hell he is. Well, I think it, it's funny too. When we Sad. talk about this because like, because obviously kiss their images, you know, t-shirts, whatever. And you see, again, you see this on social media, you know, young girls or young guys wearing, you know, Kiss or Black Sabbath or Twisted Sister t-shirts. But, oh, can you name one song? No, but I like the shirt. In my mind, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad you're wearing that shirt because maybe it'll get you into anything that will open the door to get you to like Kiss. Is is that's what I want. You know what? I, I, I've got into that with people as well <laughs> and got people upset with my opinion on that. You know, on, you know, the horns, people throwing horns, people using yep. the term rock star, like it's, you know, oh, uh, yeah. All, you know, and also the t shirts. But somebody said exactly what you said. Better they're wearing it. Better people are looking at it and going, who is that? Or I wonder who that is. And maybe exploring. Right. And I know my granddaughter, who's 14, she'll wear a shirt, says if she gets a shirt, she makes sure she listens and knows at least two songs. Right. <laughs> so there you go. someone said, but, it's open rise and she went from being a pop princess all of a sudden thanks to stranger things oh yeah Eddie yes. playing metallica. metallica at the end yeah. all yes. of a sudden going what's on your playlist metallica yeah. and all of a sudden she's you know falling in reverse and she's starting to pick up acdc and ozzy and all I'm going oh this little pop princess she's being saved somehow yeah. and you and then you go oh, my god uh yeah, there's so many movies like uh, like Galaxy Quest and and TV shows like um I'm, I'm blanking out John John what's his name plays a uh, superhero from Suicide Squad, um anyway but they're playing all this 80s music and yeah. Cobra Kai and there's yes. so many oh, yes. Cobra Kai yes that are still pushing the 80s music and it's crazy it's it's crazy and younger people are getting exposed so yeah. it's still holding on and then you come back to what you said. You know, Clear Channel offers $100 million for, you know, for whatever they offered for the, the stadium tour. Yeah. You know, a gazillion dollars for these four dinosaurs to go out there. Yeah. You know, well, for well, that, that, to... that, 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 that's a great segue speaking, circling back to Kiss and speaking of dinosaurs. 
Yeah, <laughs> because a very, very, a very, very. People, I'm a dinosaur. I'm, I'm allowed to call him dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, a very, very hot button topic on this show where we get a lot of hate, and we've created a term. We call them the Ace Cult. Yes, because we love Ace freely. He is currently touring. And it is making it, it to your point, D, when you were in that interview, it's making us sad to see this guy dragging his ass out every night and looking terrible and sounding terrible. Are, are you aware of Ace's touring? Have you seen anything on online is videos, YouTube? Because it's it's really I mean, this is this is really bad. No, I haven't. But to your point. Yeah, there was a review I read, and it was a positive review of when Twisted Sister first reunited. Okay, but it but it started out by saying, "When a reunion is good, it makes us feel young again." Yes, but when it's bad, it makes us realize how old we've gotten. Yes, well said. Well, well said. And, and I wish I knew who the guy who wrote that was, uh, because who said that because I've quoted it so many times. But you know, I when we got up there, and I would. And I try, and I kept going into my sixties and I was in shape and I wanted to make sure. And I would see those ear to ear smiles. I'd see dads elbowing their kids. <laughs> pointing, <laughs> like that going, that's what I'm talking. Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's the memory I wanted to leave. I, I've stopped a couple of years ago. I stopped because yeah. I, you may, your man's got it. What did Clint Eastwood say in Dirty Harry? A man's got to know his limitations. Uh, I saw. The stuff starting to go. And I said, I don't want to be up there and see, see people going, he used to be really good. Or like you said, it made me sad to watch him. Made me yeah. feel old. He, it makes you feel old when you watch your heroes get old. But again, yeah. circling back, circling back to what I said about Kiss, I mean, people are buying tickets. So like, where's the, like, should, should these band, like, should these artists, respect their fans and go out like you did and go out with a positive memory or should they just keep going until they stop selling tickets until people stop buying like how to what 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 do you think the answer is if there is one well in in total honesty stopping was more for me than for them okay i mean it's an ego thing sure you know but that's being totally honest that i don't want the ego blow i don't want the moment of of you know, Mike Tyson crawling around on all fours trying to find his mouthpiece after Buster Douglas yeah. knocked him out. <laughs> right, Buster right. Douglas, who the hell was that? I remember being at a party going, what just happened? You yeah. know, I mean, I, I, I remember it that day too. Oh, we yeah. all did. It's like, we where were you that day? Yeah. I know exactly where I was. How about those yeah. film clips of Babe Ruth traded to the Atlanta Braves? I think it was mm-hmm. hitting and walking slowly around yeah. the bases because yep. he couldn't even pretend to run anymore mm-hmm. he was in such bad shape so there's an ego thing that says i don't want to be ever to be people to see me like that but also again for the audience i think they deserve the positive memory so the answer to your question is i don't know man yeah. <laughs> i don't uh-huh. know man but i just think that that people I, i'm just surprised that more people don't have ego enough to say i don't want to be remembered this way I don't want to be remembered at a tenth of what I was in my prime. Yeah. I mean, and some of these people are really a tenth. And there's some people out there who've got no choice. You know what I mean? Um, you know, by that, I mean, there's my, a lot of my peers, they can't do radio. They can't do television. They can't write 
novels like Frats available. Yes, now. yes. They can't, yep, yep. they can't write screenplays and direct movies and do voiceover, all the things that I do. They can't act. They can't do Broadway. Okay? They have one thing they do, and that is they 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 sing or they perform or they play, so they keep going out. Now, instead of arenas, they're playing bars. They've got no choice. It's all they know how to do. But Kiss? Yeah, they, they don't need the more money. money they don't, than God. Yeah. Yeah. They got more money than God. But that's a, that's a testament to you, though. And I will say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple compliments. Number one is that, that you're multifaceted kind of talented guy. You can get away with it. I don't need to do this. I got other avenues. But unfortunately, I don't see Ace making money doing anything else but, you know, getting on the road and doing it. And I'm sure he's not alone. There are a lot of guys that need to be on the road because they have nothing else and they need to feed themselves. And they also know that's their life. That's their lifestyle. Been doing it for 50 years. So, yeah, well, some people really want to be our musicians, you know, who want to play. They've got to play. I remember interviewing Steve Miller. I was doing um, a hosting for uh, VH1 Classic. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. uh, so and I was like, why are you doing this? You know, I mean, he's like 70 something at the time. And he goes. I'd be doing this if it was just a club or a bar down the street. I love to play. I'm a guitar player, and that's what I do. And I said to him, wow, you just made me realize something. I wanted to be a rock star. Singing was a way for me to be a rock star. I didn't – What? I love rock and roll. I love rock and roll. I love rock and roll, but it was more about wanting to be this thing than it was like, I just got to sing, man. I just got to sing. I just got to (laughs) play. It was nothing like that. I just got to be famous and rich. I got it. That uh, that I had to do. That's a a good gene impression you just did. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Uh, (laughs) Ace Ace could well be one of those people. He's a real guitar player. Yeah. He's a real musician. He's the one guy in Kiss who managed to go do solo stuff and actually have hits. Yeah, you know, he's he's done it. He's shown I can do it without the band. Yeah. Okay. I don't think anybody else. Gene wasn't able to do that. Paul's not able to do that. Peter was able to do it. But much to their aggravation, freaking (laughs) Ace was able to have hit records and be successful without Kiss. So he doesn't. But I think he may be guilty of being an actual musician who's getting no matter how old he gets. He's got to play. Yeah. True. And the, the second compliment I want to throw your way. Yeah. I love your, it's kind of funny because the reenactment on those are hilarious. So on reels, you do the breaking the bands. Right. <laughs> oh, they're great. The they're acting great. that they have within the bands. We, we broke some of that down. We've tagged you in some of the videos. We did one on Kiss. We the did one the you Kiss guys one. It was like, dude, I don't think Gene is fist fighting in the fucking studio. Whoever play acted that, it was just hilarious. But those things kill me. Yeah. But they're great, though, because I miss those VH1 behind the music. Easy to watch, disposable stuff, but it's fun. And talking about the music we love. So I find them interesting. And you do a great job on it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, You saw about breaking the band on reels. I did a a whole bunch of them now, like 20 something of them. And uh, an interesting behind the scenes stuff, the hair bands or 80s bands, glam bands, People are most interested in those. Of oh, course. absolutely. Yeah. They, when they do a Fleetwood Mac or they do, uh, you know, an Eagle journey, I've seen, and yeah, they not as much. They're much more interested in, in the glam bands and the hair bands. So, uh, I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That we still has, it's got, you know, there's so I, I, I call it the middle finger factor. Yeah. I say that the eighties and that time, that era, you know, 
we didn't have enough middle fingers to quote Marilyn Manson. And it, <laughs> we, rather than whining and complaining, it was very much a F you. Yep. We're going to have a good time. We don't care what you say. We're not going to take it, you know, and, and, and that was the overtone. And I think people looking back at it, they're in awe of it. That sort of attitude that, that miss it, that people had and they miss it and, yeah. and it, and they romanticize it like, wow, what a well, defiant way. It was a Reagan era, man. It was conservative yeah. as hell back then. And yet we were like, F you. We're going to rock period. It's funny because you you even did a twisted sister one where you're breaking down your own fucking band. <laughs> that and was awesome. guys broke up. I'm like, well, that's going to come off really a little bit biased, just a little bit. But when they told me the twisted, there was they were doing twisted sister. I said, wait a minute. I said, I'm narrating a show about me breaking up my own band. And he says, well, when you put it that way, and I said, well, at least put a camera in the studio and let me react. And I called the guys up. I said, guys, because we're all friends now. Yeah. Mark, oh, yeah. me, Eddie, Jay, we're all, we got, we got over that. It was the best part of reuniting to be friends again. I said, guys, don't hold back. <laughs> yeah, there will be no retribution. I will not be upset. Just speak your minds. And they're going to put a camera on me and I'm just going to be reacting. <laughs> you know. But that was, that was a great. That's episode. a lot of fun. But on that, and this is what I wanted to piggyback on and, and kudos to you. Yes. So you then there was a, a documentary on the station house fire. So we're from Boston. If you can't tell from this accent. Yeah. And the hat. Yeah. yeah. And the hat, the socks. Yeah, so that, was a, that was huge. Tom and I are always talking about the fact that easily could have been us. We oh, yeah. easily could have been to let's go see great white. So we live in Boston. So we know a few people through distant stuff uh, that, you know, unfortunately were either injured or passed away in that fire. And then that documentary was so hard to watch, but I think everybody needs to, I had no idea about the role that you played. And honestly, I gained so much respect for you. Yeah. And you know, people sometimes, Oh, Dean Snyder, he shoots his mouth. I don't give a shit what you say or do. or like that stuff. The stuff that you did for that should overcome anything bad that you've ever said because it was so commendable and what you did and watching you then talk about the fact like it's bullshit it's because this was a heavy metal concert or yep. hair metal concert it doesn't get the charity and you're like we called so-and-so they didn't come we called so-and-so and they didn't come we called so-and-so they wouldn't come but you came and you got some people to come and honestly like this hit home like it was yeah. amazing and you ought to be commended for it buddy oh i pre thank you i appreciate that that was look i played that place yeah uh, yeah for the fire uh and yeah and 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 there by the grace of god it could have been any of us yep going out on a weeknight to see some band you loved in the 80s yeah going out with your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend and having a night out you know over 60 kids were orphaned that night yep yeah. 60 brutal orphaned no one should lose their parents because they just wanted to see a band. Mm -hmm. And as I said in the thing, if it was you two, yeah, exactly. Oh God, arena, front the page would have been there. The Pope, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Oh my God! But Great White at a little hole in the wall club in Rhode Island, you know, was treated like dirt, and the yep. people were treated like dirt and ignored. It was heartbreaking. And as I said uh, in the in the show, and I'm going to say it again, Troy Lachetta 
Yeah. Tesla. From Tesla. 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 Yep. Guys, Troy Lucat and Tesla, but Troy, I mean, they weren't featured in there as much as they should have been. He pushed me in the right way because I had been trying. And like you said, I'll name names again. I yeah. called Aerosmith. No, they wouldn't do it. Bon Jovi. No, he wouldn't do it. Mm. Springsteen. No, they wouldn't do it. I'm trying to get everybody, everybody excuses. And there was no excuses. Yeah. Right. Like, this was, this was a tragedy and it needed a major, major effort. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I gave up. I lost hope on doing, on doing something for those people until Troy Laquetta called me and said, we're putting something together. And I said, Troy, what do you got? And he said, well, call my app is he's going to come. And we got, we got mm-hmm. Striper. And mm-hmm. we got, and I was like, dude, I said, you know how much the, the, the burn care unit is a day? $75,000 a day. Uh, yeah. Oh, a gosh. day. They were having spaghetti dinners in that town to try and raise money for these poor people. I said, yeah. we, we can't raise enough money. And I and I tried to discourage him and he said, and I said it on the show, D, somebody's got to do something. And it, and, and, and at that moment, I just said, what am I doing? Somebody's yeah. trying to do something and I'm putting, I'm telling, I'm discouraging them. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm discouraging them. I said, you're right. Let's do something. And we were able, oddly, we put an odd group of people together and I got VH1 to get involved and I got mm-hmm. John Rich. I was on a reality show in Nashville and John Rich and Gretchen Wilson. They said, we'll sing. We'll do it. Yeah. Like all of a sudden this thing started to evolve and we had an arena and and the real, and I, and I think we talked about it on the show, but for the listeners, people who haven't seen it, just know we raised several hundred thousand dollars that night. And that's great. But do the math. Over a hundred people died. A hundred people died. And there was so many burn victims. The money that they needed was so great. A, a few hundred yeah. grand wasn't going to go anywhere. But yeah, because of the show, it embarrassed the insurance companies and embarrassed the lawyers and yeah. embarrassed the judges and they took action and they paid out. They weren't thank, paying. Thank God. They weren't yep. paying out. And tens of millions of dollars came through to help these, these people who incredible whose lives were destroyed in that fire. So it's amazing. But thank you, Troy Lucetta for smacking me in the face. It was on the phone, but it was a smack. Yeah. It was like, hey, yeah, somebody's got to do something. I was like, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Let's do something. So well, you, thank you. For thank you. I just yeah. wish more people. When Springsteen's people said, Bruce doesn't do festivals. He oh, had, like I, said, oh, I said, hey, guess what? Fuck that guy. We'll sit, Sorry. In the <laughs> we'll sit in the audience. We'll step off. Bruce can do the whole thing. And yeah. we'll just sit in the side and we'll cheer for him. How about that? Yeah. Because if Bruce Springsteen would do it, that would have been a game changer. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no doubt. No it, doubt. It'd all fall in line to pat themselves on the back for being heroes after Bruce came on. Yeah. 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 Let, let, let's let's circle back real quick and try to and, and kind of put a happy face on this here because we're talking about we're talking about hair metal, which I wanted to get back to that because we're talking about the break in the band of the reels documentary. The nostalgia for that era is so huge right now. Paramount Plus just put together an incredible three-part miniseries called I Want to Rock. Yep. The <laughs> 80s metal. It's fantastic. I'm sure. Uh, are you, have you seen it? Are you aware of it? Do you know? I mean, I, well, I'm interviewed uh, in it. No, I know. Right. But I, I know you're in I know you're in it, but I didn't know if you had seen the whole. No, the, I watched the, it. I watched it. Okay. And I couldn't get the song Madeline out of my head. <laughs> I, I, I forgot how damn catchy that all is. Oh, Madeline. I'm walking around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going, damn. That thing stuck in my head again. Yeah. So, uh, earworm. But yeah, it was really well done. But again, that interest and that curiosity about this 
the decade of decadence, that yeah. era. You know, yeah. it seems almost unreal, unreal when people look back at it. Yep. It really yeah. does. It, and it's funny because our but we've talked about our buddy Eddie Trunk. We've hung out with him in person. He's been on our show a couple of times. He really he <laughs> really hates the term hair metal. He does that does that bother you? Is it glam? Is it eighties rock? What do you do you care? Does that bother you the term hair metal? Okay. Because you have a show called D. Snyder's House of Hair. <laughs> I, I didn't name it, but, but okay. This is the thing. This is the thing, and this okay. is the fact. And I really, I've talked about this to Eddie. They, they all got to reel it in, okay? <laughs> <laughs> reel it in. None of the t- the labels on any form of music was a compliment, and none of the artists liked the term. Jazz, yeah, was a was a dismissive term given to a new sound by critics to try to sort of define it. Okay. Oh, it's, it's jazzy. You yeah. know, I mean, but that was a word. Okay. They didn't like the word jazz, but they were called jazz. Okay. Yeah. Hard rock became heavy metal. The metal bands hated the term Led Zeppelin, the first um, uh, black Sabbath, black Sabbath were a blues jazz fusion band. Yep. Okay. No one liked the term heavy metal. The fans like the terms, but if someone labels these with grunge, the grunge bands hated the term grunge. Yes. Punk, the punk bands hated the term punk. They were just playing music. Yet, for some reason, the critics have got to define it, yep. segregate it. You know, uh, you know, this, oh, this is this music and that's that. Why can't it just be music? Right. Why did it have to be defined specifically? Why did it have a title? So all these titles like hair metal, glam metal, Death metal, all these terms are being given by writers and critics mm. to try to put to sort of pigeonhole and define something. So no one ever likes the name, but the fans, they cut, they're cool with it. Yeah. I love the term heavy metal. I thought it was cool. All yeah. my, I'm, I'm an OG heavy metal guy. All I was the first Sabbath album, first Grand Funk album, first Blue Cheer, first Led Zeppelin when they came out. Okay. I'm that guy. And it was just hard rock. But somewhere along the way, someone started calling heavy metal and I kind of liked it. So I just accept the fans. They don't see the insult. They don't see the dig of hair metal, of heavy metal, the dismissiveness of calling it jazz, grunge. It's grunge (laughs) rock. It's punky. They don't see that it's dismissive to the creators. It's, it, 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 it tries to say that what we're doing isn't real music. It's this music. Right. Okay. So anyway, fans like it. So I just sort of roll with it. So speaking of hair metal, how do you think, you know, kind of circling back to Kiss for a minute, uh, how do you think Kiss transitioned into that role in the 80s? Like the mid, like there, when they became a hair metal bit, you know, Asylum and Crazy Nights or whatever, you know, you, you talked about how you had the first seven Kiss albums. Did you kind of just say goodbye to Kiss when they took the makeup off and didn't really follow them for, for that? Or where are you in the on non-makeup 80s I think Kiss? It was a- I think it was the four solo records. I, I think okay. it was on the four solo. I don't think it was, I, I, I just, I didn't get that. And it yeah. seemed like a, a way to get more money out of yeah. me. No, you know, like this idea. <laughs> you know, it was the yeah. first sign that I got that. Wait a second. I think they may be shaking me down. And I'm not going for it. This stuff's not really good. Yeah. You know, they're really good, except Ace Adam is pretty good. I'll get that one. Okay. You know, um, so, um, you know what? It's weird because the hair, you know, of the, of the eighties and the makeup and all that stuff, it already existed in the early seventies. 
Yeah. It was a glam glitter rock. Yes. And the bands had hair and the T-Rex and bands like that. And the yeah. bands. Yep. And so all of a sudden, it's kind of weird that a Kiss and an Alice Cooper would have to fit in to the 80s scene, which they begat. And by the True. way, Alice begetting Kiss. Okay. But still, they were there in the 70s when it was glitter and glam. And now it's like, oh, we, we, we better puff it out a little more. Their hair was already big. You know, <laughs> True. you know, Jufro, man, a Jufro, nothing like a Jufro. <laughs> I'm half. So I, so I you got can, the, you can say it. You can say it. I got the buoyancy. Yeah. I'm, yeah. My dad was Jewish. My dad's actually a quarter, but. I've got the Eastern European natural buoyancy. Never need to know uh, Aquanet, baby. There you that go. Was the real deal. Now I got to ask you um, before we uh, we move on because I want to talk about your book. Um, the <laughs> the last of this I wanted to get to, and that is the I don't know what happened because at some point you and Paul were pretty friendly. We were, and, and then. <laughs> You can't and look, look, we know it because we follow the bands and podcasts, every little right. piece of news. Hold on, let's let's pause that right there. Okay. I'm gonna come right go, back to it. Go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna this is all I want. I don't I'm gonna, gonna this is not this kind of show. People, I've been writing for over 30 years, writing screenplays, writing stories, writing journals, writing articles. I decided to write a novel. It's called Frats. It's a yes. 70s coming of age story set in the world of suburban gang violence. Think of the outsiders for the 70s. I can write. It's really good. People nice. are, are people are saying it's a page turner. It's available everywhere. I promise it's not about rock and roll. It's not about me. It's it's a coming of age story based on actual events. It's yep. available. Please check yep. it out. You know, um, you know, I'm not gonna live or die if you do or not, but I think you'll enjoy it. And it's yep. what I'm doing now. Okay. Rats. Now, yes. That's all I need to talk about. No, okay? it's okay. No, no, we're, no, we're gonna it. get to that. We'll, 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 no, we'll I talk, don't want to we'll... talk. I don't need to talk more. Okay. Right. Right. Let's spend our time talking about the about the music. All, All right, right. So great. I was going to ask you about the whole thing with Paul. Now right. we know Paul, how sensitive he gets because we I don't see understand it. why we're not friends. I don't understand why Gene. I'm friendly with Ace and I'm friendly with Peter. Okay. I don't understand why Gene and Paul were not friends. Why we should be? We grew up in the same area. We're fans of the same music, the same yep. bands, like bands like Slade, bands that, that Alice Cooper. These, we have the same musical taste. We don't drink. We don't yep. do drugs. We intelligent, we're intelligent. We're yep. book smart, particularly yes. Gene and myself. I don't know about Paul, but I, I assume he is, but, uh, you know, but, but Gene shows it, you know, shows it off more. But the point is, I've never understood why we're not friends. But probably because I will say something like they're not so crazy anymore or something like that. And they get very upset about it. You know, what kind of, uh, but I'm very self-deprecating about myself as well. So, you know, it's just the way I am. Um, And look, I recently, I agreed with something Paul said on social media. Oh, we saw that. It was quite a hubbub. That was, yep. 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 I agreed with something he said about young children and transitioning. Yes. And I, and I rarely agree with them. Well, yeah. boy, they tried to, the trans community tried to cancel me. That didn't work because no. I pushed back and mm-hmm. I posted a face, a letter on my Facebook page, which got international coverage because, mm-hmm. and people were likening it to my speech in Congress in 85. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, yeah. my pen is mighty and yes. you cannot go like, what? You know, you're, I'm transphobic. Because I disagreed with a point you said. Now, yeah. Paul apologized. 
and backed away. I don't do that. That's the difference. Not wrong. Not when I'm not wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm the first. You've heard things me today say, you know what? In fairness, I recognize that and I accept that. And and I, and I appreciate, you know, I'll, I'm, I pride myself on that. But if I didn't do anything wrong, I'm coming back at you hard. And, um, they backed off. I mean, the whole canceling D Snyder thing didn't work out too well. It's uh, never worked anyway. out well. It's ne- it's never worked out. You're un- you're uncancelable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I like to think I'd like to think that, and I've done pretty well keeping myself from being canceled over the years. People wish I would just shut up and go away, but now I'm not. <laughs> One other thing I want to jump on before I hand it over to Tom. So we have a mutual friend, and I have to bring him up because we get a kick out of it. You are on Z Rock. With yeah. our good friend, Joey Casada, who yep. comes on all the time. So Joey, who's reached out to you recently, and he, we can talk about this afterwards, but yeah. Joey is like, oh, you're getting D on? You got to make sure you tell him that I said hello. And I'm like, dude, he ain't going to remember you. You're a friggin' bozo. But we love him. He's a, a, a fucking funny-ass guy. But I, I wonder if you have any stories of your time when you met him and Z-Rock and all that other stuff, if you remember that time. You know, Z-Rock, I, I was, it was such a clever show. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, it was, it was kind of a scratch your head going, how did they get a show? You know, <laughs> because they weren't like famous, but it was kind of that premise that they were struggling rock band at night and playing children's should, parties yeah, and, and, and by day, which is really who they, who they were. <laughs> yeah. But it was, Really cleverly done. I had a lot of fun doing the show. Um, and, um, it's a shame it only lasted two seasons because yeah. I think it, as a premise, it had a lot more to offer. It really mm. did. Yeah. It was very underrated when I first, you know, we, we all became friends with him and we started watching him like, holy shit. Is it D Snyder on there? Holy shit. How they get him? But it was actually well written. It was funny too. It just a lot of it was improvised though. Which yeah. Was yeah. A credit to, to the cast, to Joey yeah. and, and, and all those, and Paul, and yeah. everybody. There David, a lot man. of, a lot of it was very, uh, you know, like this, here's a setup, which you don't see so much anymore. And, and that's, that's kind of a, you know, a, a arrested development thing or something where people, yeah. are, you know, they, they set up the premise and then allow the actors to riff. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of improv and riffing going ball busting I remember when i shit, did the, yeah. you see this ring take it from my hand you know <laughs> yeah. uh, in the in the rowboat with, with yeah. falling yeah yeah that was something i just came up with which was it was, it was to be a pretty funny bit it was great it was great go ahead tom so all right as we kind of get ready to land the plane here with you d and your time we truly appreciate it so i want to talk to you about something that zeus and i talked about where it was first announced and kind of compare it to what other bands are doing specifically kiss we always like to bring everything back to kiss but the incredibly unique thing that Metallica is doing with this tour, where they're playing two nights, different opening bands, completely different set lists, something that something that no band really would even ever really entertain, especially a band that's been around for 40 years. And we likened it to the the long standing bitch and moan session that Kiss fans have about how they don't change their set list. And then you look at a band like Metallica that could easily do what Kiss is doing. And they're like, no, we're going to do something that you've never even seen before. Two shows, two set lists, no repeats. Yeah, like over 40 different songs. Over 40 different songs. In two nights. Thoughts on that entire thing, D, and what kind of undertaking would that be for a band like, like, like Metallica? Well, 
I wasn't aware they were doing that and credit to them. But I think it's kind of self-serving and it really only appeals to a small percentage of the crowd. Okay. Majority of the people going to these shows and not just Metallica kiss and twisted and, 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 and crew they're there for the hits. Sure. The majority, the people, the percentage of people who know like the deeper cuts yeah. and and are willing to accept not hearing enter Sandman one night. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's a very small majority of bunch of people. And when twisted first reunited, it was for that New York steel show, uh, Eddie trunk put on Yeah, and the guys made the set list and they wanted to put some, some deep cuts. They put some <laughs> stuff from the bar days in there. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, it was the first show back together, and I didn't want to make any waves. And I remember we played those songs, and it was just, just dead, and just about eight hands, like <laughs> you could count the hands. Like, they're playing "Comeback," which was never on an album. It was one of our big club songs. Yeah, and after that, the guy said, "All right, <laughs> no more putting that stuff in the show because." Most it's really self-serving. It, it caters to a very small part of the audience, unless you're buying both. And that's maybe the idea, you know, shake them down, get them to buy both tickets. So they're hearing every song because they're diehards. But Metallica's audience has grown so far beyond just hardcore fans. Yeah. They have hits, yeah. you know, and, and I hearken back to, um, to when Iron Maiden w- toured. I remember they did. They played the entire new album, Straw Dogs. Or oh whatever. yeah, yeah, and yeah. They refused to play any of the hits. Yep. Audience was furious. Bruce was yelling at the crowd because they weren't getting into it. It was self-serving, mm-hmm. okay, to do that. And the next year they came back, and it was a number of the Beast too. You know, <laughs> and it was like all you know the biggest hits only because they had to make up for that. So I don't know how great. Yeah. You know, so, so and I'm you, playing the same set over and over and over. I'm guilty. Unfortunately, you guys, and I'm pointing to you too, yeah, and people yeah. like you are the minority, not, not even close to the majority. You're, you're 10%, 5%, yeah. 1% of the crowd who really want to hear those deep cuts and will savor it when they go into those songs. You I know? want to hear Kissing Time from Kiss. Kissing Time! <laughs> that was on my first album. I know. That's how you... That's porn music. That's actually love theme, but that's okay. Oh, love theme. That was two? Oh, I was a wrong song. So theme from Kiss. So... So you so then you agree then with, with what Kiss is doing. So we're we're the outliers bitching the about their set list. I'm just being honest. No, no, I'm no. Just, and I agree. And I love hearing this and fair. And that yes, the hardcore that would love to hear those those extra songs, those special songs. The majority aren't hardcore, and they are filling up that arena. They're filling up that festival. They're here to, to hear the the big songs, and that's when they light up, and you can see their reaction. You know, I would often joke, okay, we did the two big ones. You can go home now. <laughs> I would say to the crowd, go home, get an early start. Can you beat the, I'll tell you how to do it. Leave now because you beat the part of the rush at the parking lot. Now it's time for the real fans who still, cause we, I, I do, we're not going to take it. I want to rock. Like we're not going to take it. We do like seventh song in the set. 
And yeah. people would think, and I'd say, good night. And I'd walk off and I'd come back out. But there's people who say, why aren't they saving that for like the third encore? No, right. let's get it over with. That's what you, is that, if that's what you're here for, I don't want you to wait and stand around bored. Wow. Okay. I'd rather have you leave and make room for the other people who are really okay. into this. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. You know, you're, you're giving us a perspective because that's what we, if you, we ask all the Kiss fans that have listened to our show, they will come back and say the number one thing they hate the most is it's the, the set, set list. list. Yeah. Because we've heard the same. Unfortunately, Kiss has been kind of uh, at this point since 2012. After they released Monster, played a couple songs and said, "Uh, uh-uh, the the fans don't like these new songs. Fuck it, we're just going to be doing all the classics again." It's been really the same set list. Maybe about 30 songs rotating at most. And you know what? This this is okay. I'm giving you insight. For sure. I know that's why please, I'm loving please, this. Please, we please, please, about this. I get insight. It's all of us are dealing with it. We, I, I tell people that I, I have a whole stage rap that I've done. You can see it on uh, my, uh, for the love of metal live. I do it. But basically I said, there are people out there in the audience who have problems with urination or have constipation. <laughs> there are a few words that will cure your problem. Oh, this one's from the new album. All of a sudden, everybody's got, oh, my God, I've got to go to the bathroom. They're running for the bathroom. This one's off the new record. You sons of bitches. We spend, and we see, I said, and we see you leaving. We see you leaving. I saw Led Zeppelin at Madison Square Garden touring physical graffiti. The album was delayed. So the album hadn't come out yet. They said, this one's called Cashmere. And half the audience left to go to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Because at Madison's Great Garden, let me tell you what it sounded like. <laughs> Went on for days. <laughs> you want a beer? I'm going to get two beers and a burger. <laughs> but, all right, hilarious. if you don't know the song, you're just lost. People leave. Okay, and I've heard Elton John yeah. talk about doing a new album. He was nervous about the new tour. Why? I have a new record. Yeah. Every time I play new songs, the audience just glazes over. He's right. Elton John, yeah, Billy yeah. Joe, stop writing new music. Why? Because people didn't care. That's what Paul okay. says. That's, well, that's what, Paul, what Paul, that's what Paul and Gene said about not putting out a new album. He's Paul like, Stanley, not Paul Stanley. Sorry. Paul McCartney yep. says every time I play a new song, I got to give him a little sugar. I got to give him like, I'll play a new song. And they quickly play like one of the biggies. Let it be. He's afraid. Paul McCartney's afraid of losing the audience. Imagine. It's a, yeah. it's a real thing. Yeah. So, and, and some people That's just, great. you know, when, when the new music isn't selling nearly as good as your old music, you kind of say, okay, we don't, this is so, is it self-serving yeah. for me to stand up there? I'm doing it for me. So if you're going to do it for yourself, Metallica, you're going to do it for yourself. I, just own it and say, Hey, we write this music. We love this music. We want to share it with you. We hope you like it too. But we're doing it for us, first and yep. foremost. All right, D. So I'll end it with this. So what you just said, you know, they they, they want to hear the stuff, the use the new uh, the old stuff. They don't want the new stuff. Everybody leaves. Doesn't that make it right that they let Tommy and Eric put on the makeup of the of the of the vision of the original kiss that people are familiar with rather than give them new characters? Don't you see the logic there then? What do you, what do you mean the logic that they keep on the old ma- makeup? That, yeah. the, that the crowd and the fans are used to that and they don't want to get into a whole new, like, oh, now it's a new Fox and a new. Uh, ah, I see what you're saying. You ran rings around me logically. Uh, 
So uh, I understand the point you're making. They're and also the money-wise, the images sell. Let's be blunt. It's they're money. playing the old music and they, and they have the old look to go with the old music. You know what? I you know look. I started by saying that I accepted that people say this is our kiss. So yeah, yeah. I, I I see that. And as an old fan, I just don't like seeing them wearing Peters and 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 Ace's makeup. You know, and and Tommy doing Ace's moves too. I mean, that's least, the only part that I'll agree Eric with you with. Is Eric? You know, right. sound. Yeah. He's not playing remotely the way Peter played. He's right. Eric Carr on the drums, <laughs> and as he'll. You know, and but 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 man, Tommy played in a tribute band. Come on, man! And he's just doing what he did in the tribute band. But uh, but I but do you think you it's said. Tommy or do you think uh, like I do? I think it's Paul. You do it like this. The one thing that bugs me is he does the alive solo, a solo as his solo, and he shoots stuff in the middle. Like no, they could no, give that, him a new gimmick to do that. He doesn't have to copy Ace on that. Exactly. That's it, it, the it, stuff. Take it too far. It take it too far. Hey, they're not alone. So I'm going to finish. Yeah. And I, I'm going to finish with a question. Leave, leave a question for you guys. Oh, go ahead. All right. Leave you thinking. It's not really a question. It's sort of, you know, one of those doesn't have an answer, but, um, you know, foreigners out there now. Okay. Foreigners doing a farewell tour. Oh, foreigner. Yep. I thought you said foreigners are out there. No, no, no. <laughs> where's foreigners where's the this one going? Deep? Foreigner, the, the, band. the band. They're not outside your door. <laughs> is out there. They've been touring. Yeah, yes, they're yes. doing incredible business. Yes, I know, this, I know where this. I know where this is going. The guy from Hurricane is singing. Yes, I know where this it's is. Not going. one original member in the band. Thank you. I knew where this is going. Yeah. Yep, they're doing a farewell tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> which, which, by the way, prepares us for the reunion. Of yeah, the not original band. Yes, so we're actually if the band of foreigner that's not any original members retires and come back. It is sort of a reunion, all right? <laughs> so we are celebrating a reunion of the band. Um, they sound exactly like Foreigner. Yeah. Um, he, Kelly Hansen, sings exactly yeah. like Lou Ram. Yes, he does. Exactly. Yep. Like the record, man. Yep. It's uncanny how mm-hmm. good they do it. My question is, how pissed off is Gene Simmons? <laughs> how that foreigner is able to do this and he can't figure out how to get out of the damn suit and somebody else in there he was talking about I, he was he wants in the worst way to have kiss to continue, continue on that's without right. him but because their personalities see the and i could the explanation is this foreigner is a corporate rock band that's right they're like pink floyd they're like kansas they're like Journey's borderline on that, but they're yep. like sticks. All these bands, people know yeah. the songs. They don't really ever identify with the, the members. The band, yeah, they're the like a, fa- a, a faceless band. Yeah. It was about the songs. That's right. Okay. And when you kiss and you have such strong images, that's why you can't slink away and let somebody else put on your boots. So okay? 10 but, years from now, there's not going to be a, D, a fake D Snyder up there with a fake Twisted Sister. Hey, I'm embracing AI in the biggest freaking <laughs> way. I'm thinking AI Twisted Sister record. People want to know Twisted record. AI can do it there for me. There you go. There you go. There you AI go. robot to get up there and do my thing. God bless it. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be living my dream and just off retired somewhere. That's so and cool. I will just continue on. Well, that's a perfect way to wrap this up. D, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for your time. He's D Snyder. You know him. You love him. Twisted Sister. Check out his brand new book, Frats. It's out there. Frats awesome. based on true events. Uh, check it out. D, we cannot thank you enough. This has been incredible. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Much, buddy. 
Okay, and I'll and tomorrow uh, I'm going to check and see what what Google has to say. <laughs> getting. As a matter of fact, I probably won't even look at my email. You're better off. Oh no! Thank and, you, and D. I just said during the show, my management is going to freak out. So. You'll be fine. D, my boy. I heard you say. Oh, man, yeah. You shouldn't give me a microphone, man. Shut up and give me the mic. Shut that's up and we take want. the mic that's away from me. That's what Never we want, buddy. take that mic away from you. No, All right, we need guys, that thank voice. Thank you so much. And thank for all you. respect, too. I appreciate you guys. Thank, thank you. Guys. Tom, that was D. Snyder. What'd you think? Fantastic. So conversational. Obviously open. Obviously opinionated. That's why we were so thrilled to have him. We talked about everything from kiss specific things to bands not ready to hang it up to tracks and hair metal and this uh, just fantastic stuff. What what an incredible guest as we knew it would be. We're batting a thousand still, Tom. Yeah, it's amazing. With yep. our guest. And yep. we taped with him right away. We dropped it as soon as he got on because we know he's a busy guy. But we continued for a good 10, 15, 20 minutes afterwards. He is an amazing conversationalist. We sat and we were going back and forth. We could tell, you know, when you're talking to somebody and you're interviewing, sometimes they're just waiting yep. for their turn to talk. It was a conversation. He engaged. He sat back and listened. He thought things through. And as he said a couple of times, shit, uh, I hear what you're saying now. <laughs> and we had some fun talk about the whole makeup. He talked about his relationship with Paul and Gene. We all know that there's fucking issues there. He didn't hide anything. I, I just, I can't wait to hear your feedback because uh, there was so much discussed and so much that to break down and think about. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We know we did. And we'll probably have him back on again. But we have to do him a favor because he did us a favor. Please. Go out and seek his book. Yes. Frats. Yep. It's out right now. We haven't had a chance to read it, but I read the reviews and read the backstory on it. It looks fucking awesome. Yep. Uh, If anybody has an opinion and can tell a story, it's D Snyder. And this is perfect for us guys. Take a look. You can buy it on Amazon. You go to D Snyder.com frats. Take a look at the book, go and support. Artists like D and go and find his book and purchase it along with the rest of his products that he has out there. Obviously twisted sister stuff. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely check out the book frats based on true events. Uh, again, D strong opinions. That's why we wanted him on here. Uh, and I will say this as, from, as a, from a personal note, um, meeting or, you know, quote unquote meeting D Spending some time with them, you know, the, the parts that you heard and then obviously before and after the recording, I have a different and a newfound respect for him uh, because my opinions of D were always based on the things that I read in the snippets and quotes that I read about him. But talking to him and sharing stories and sharing laughs with him and him explaining himself, I'm telling you, it really opened up my eyes to the kind of guy that this guy is. And I never thought I would say that. Yeah, we we mentioned it to our friend Eddie trunk and uh, said hey are we just had a mutual guy on that we all love and that's d side he's like yeah i'm sure d had something to say (laughs) yeah yeah and he kept hinting at he's like oh my publicist gotta say what do you do but god bless him you whether you agree with him or you don't i love hearing him talk he's got an opinion he ain't scared to share it 
And uh, I mentioned it to my brother. I guess I've not been paying attention too much of it. I, apparently, he has a a bigger rivalry and thing that he goes back and forth with, and that's with Ted Nugent. Were you aware? Oh of yeah. Oh oh god yeah. I'm like, oh I wasn't yeah. Paying attention. It's like they both shit on each other. One far right, one far left. Yep. And yep. They, it's fun listening to these two musicians go at yep. it. It's crazy. I know. But D was fucking fantastic. We were honored and thrilled to have him. And boy, did he not let us down it was it was amazing and I, we hope you guys feel the same yeah tom what we do next is we go to question of the week we got one yeah we do this comes from junior vintage on instagram and uh his question is simple based on last week's episode we talked about kiss producers if you had your choice which producer would you want to see work with kiss hmm all right all right um huh you know part of me wants like someone that would know the band and what they really grew up with and like I, like we just did a Foo Fighters album somebody like Dave Grohl or Butch Vig mm-hmm. or go back I thought Toby Wright was fine I don't know what he could get out of now again and then finally the other one was Bob Rock see what he could do with them right uh okay. those are ones that come to mind other than that oh i'll throw in a, another one that i like but i think he's since passed and that's martin birch okay, love yeah. all his albums love okay. all the stuff that he does okay uh i'm gonna go with one that might not be you know something that you'd think about especially in terms of kiss uh but an artist that has worked with everybody from Johnny Cash to Mick Jagger to the oh, Chili Peppers to Slayer to ACDC to the Ghetto Boys, Run DMC, and that is Rick Rubin. He has a way of taking a band and pulling them together to give you something. He he just had I just everything. I mean, for God's sakes, he brought Metallica back from the depths of hell after St. Anger with Death Magnetic, which was a phenomenal album. The production wasn't great, so I guess I hold that against him. Um, but he's produced, you know, Rage Against the Machine, Justin Timberlake, U2, Linkin Park, Poison. I mean, he's been with everybody. And he's got a unique style, and he's got a unique way of making these bands really kind of gel and put something together. And I think somebody that's really kind of creative and innovative like him working with Kiss, I mean, could be, could be a clash. Could be successful. I don't know. Hmm. He's done that big new project with Paul McCartney and the Beatles. Yep. So he's got the Beatles. Yep. He's got Johnny Cash. Yeah. And he's got Bushwick Bill. <laughs> I mean, when, when you have the Ghetto Boys and Johnny Cash in Public Enemy, I mean, <laughs> with, that, really. with, with, with lyrics like this week. Yeah. This year, Halloween fell on a weekend. Exactly. Robbing little kids for bags. <laughs> Me and ghetto boys are trick-or-treating. <laughs> Bushwick Bills. Coming next on ARC. We can't be stopped by the ghetto boys. Yes. Yes. Anyway, Tom, where can people find us? Go to our website. Go to him. Exactly. Go to him. 
Shoutoutloudcast.com. That's your one-stop shop for everything. You can find all of our episodes there, all the Shout it out loudcast episodes, Dorm Damage, Album Review Crew. We just dropped the Foo Fighters Wasting Light Zeppelin Chronicles. You can comment directly from the website, as mentioned earlier. Uh, you can also click on our Amazon shopping link, our social media links, our Patreon link. Uh, and again, when you send us a message through the website, it comes to us in the form of an email. And please, if you'd like to use the regular email, it's shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. We read every single email. Again, we don't read them all on the show because we don't want four hours of feedback, but we do read every email that you send us. And in terms of emails and in terms of our question of the week, please, if you want your question of the week read, or if you want to be part of our upcoming mailbag episode that we do every year, send those questions to our email, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And of course, social media, X. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. We're on all those and our wonderful Patreon family that we love to thank every week. You guys rock. And we're always proud to say that we are part of the Pantheon podcast network of shows. Tom, people can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you're subscribing and watching our YouTube channel. We're going to be adding some more video clips on. So take a look at that. Uh, Give us one of those five star. Child reviews. That's where you go on Apple Podcast, give a five-star review, and we'll read that on the show. So please, thank you for those. It's a great way to help the show. What's the ways to help us grow and continue to get great guests like D. Snyder? That's become a Patreon member. That's getting some of our merch at our website, shoutitoutloudcast.com, shoutitoutloudcast.com. Go to our Amazon store on our website, give us a five-star child review. All these things are helpful ways to help the show grow. And you can always email us at shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. Uh, please continue to support the show. We really appreciate it. And we'd like to end on famous last words, which are kiss lyrics. Tom, what do you got? All right. Honey, don't put your man behind his years. And baby, stop crying all your tears. Tonight, I want to see it in your eyes. Feel the magic. There's something that drives me wild. D. Snyder, Tom, Kiss Army, Loudcasters, thank you. Guys, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for all your support. D. Snyder, thank you so much for the time. It was incredible talking to you. We hope you guys love the episode as much as we love the interview. And Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Well, I didn't know you wanted to get involved with the discussion, Mr. Helper. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.